Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Suave. Been in my back for a while, I'm invincible Story of a young boss, grinding shit critical Calling on my bros one time, cause you special I had some hood dreams and right rounds for my mentor Every target that I shoot is on point like a pencil Different road, change relationships, I'm so sorry Came up from the trenches and I made it, I say hardly Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All righty, guys. Happy New Year's. We're officially in 2023, man, and uh, we are happy to bring you guys another episode of the What's In Your Bad podcast. As always, my name is Andrew Robinson, joined by my co-host, Alexis. Alexis, how you doing today? Doing good. How are you? Well, good, man. Can't complain, man. Cannot complain. Um, but man, like I said, it's not about me. It's not about Lexus, man. We have a wonderful guest on. Uh, somebody who's you know well traveled throughout Europe, United States, everywhere, man. Um, a guy who has an amazing story, man. Coming from New York, um, going to a mid-major, working his way up, you know, through the ranks, and now he's playing some uh, basketball and and you know some of the highest levels uh, in the world, man. So. I'm um, pleased to be joined by Kyle Allman, man. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me, bro. No doubt, no doubt, man. And uh, shoot, man, before we get started into the nitty gritty, man, like I said, uh, you know, we're in, we're in the new year, so I want to just ask you guys, man, what's some of y'all New Year's resolutions going to the new year, man? We'll, we'll start with Alexis, man. What, what you got going on for 2023? Um, I think my main thing is just being more intentional. I feel like I kind of just put a bunch of stuff on my schedule just to kind of say that I'm busy. So I think um, just making sure that the stuff that I'm putting on there is like just intentional and worth my time. That's like as far as what I want to do uh, long term instead of just, you know, the sake of just saying that you're busy, basically. That's a gem. That's a gem. How about you, Kyle? Uh, for me, I would say just being more present, like not thinking about, you know, what happened yesterday or, or what I want to do in February or Next year, like just being more present, locked in into whatever day I'm in right there. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's what's up, man. So I think for me, 2023, man, I'm I'm focused on leveling up, man. Focusing on focusing on Andrew. You know what I'm saying? I feel like um a lot of us can relate. I think always trying to pour into other people, pour into other things. Sometimes it's draining. For sure. Especially for sure. With playing basketball or, you know, in schools, like I feel like we pour so much energy into external things, man. I think 2023 is the year I'm just getting back to pouring into me, you know. So for the sure. listeners, I definitely, you know, want to give y'all some advice. You know, let us know what y'all these resolutions are, man. Um, but like I said, man, it's not about us. It's about our guests, man. And um, like I said, you, you're somebody who, you know, I've been able to just watch from afar uh, for a while. And, um, you know, you have an amazing story, man. Obviously, you're born and raised in New York, but I kind of want to let you just – uh, give the audience a chance to just talk about just growing up in New York, uh, how you started playing basketball and just what that, what your upbringing was like, you know, just come out of New York city and, and playing basketball. 
Um, it's kind of like my my dad put the ball in my hand, honestly. So started with him um, probably when I was around like nine or ten, and ever since then I just fell in love with it. Obviously, being from New York, like you play in the playground a lot, so he used to just my dad used to kind of just lead me over there, like just play with with older people, younger people. It, don't, it didn't really matter, just out there playing, figuring it out, um, and then just started getting cool with a lot of people who play basketball as well. So now we go into travel ball tournaments and stuff like that. So it's just a bunch of different experiences I had in New York, whether it be the playground or like actual organized basketball. I think I got a pretty good mix. And I think that explains how I play today. Like it's kind of like a a mix of that playground plus organized kind of basketball. So I think that has a lot to do with how I play now. But just growing up like that was fun. Um, I think it's it adds to your game, it adds to your personality growing up playing in a part. So I will credit New York for that a lot, actually. Now, I'm going to toss to Alexis right quick, man. But you got to know, man, you are on the podcast with two DMV residents. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we always want to you know what I'm saying? I think the DMV got the best hoops in the world. But, you know, I, I do respect New York. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all could be second fiddle, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to the DMV. I, w- I would say the same. I would say I think New York got the best. Okay. And I, w- I respect y'all <laughs> to the utmost. So that's so I would say the same. Right. But we both we both biased, though. Right. 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 <laughs> but can you kind of talk to us a little bit about your recruiting process um, as far as, you know, choosing to go, you know, at 18, flying across the country, deciding to go to college mm-hmm. with that. And then also even just before that decision was made, just kind of your recruiting process um, as far as offers, things you were kind of considering what you were looking for in a program, stuff along those lines. Um, the, the recruitment was slow for me. Real, real, real slow. Um, I had a lot of like New York City mid-majors interest, but I just wasn't getting over the hump of getting the offer. And I had uh, I had a lot of good kids on my high school team, but one in particular, he had a lot of offers. So I think most of the schools that were interested in me were waiting for to see if he would commit. And then even once he committed, it was just still kind of like slow for me. So um, I had my first offer probably in like, April and it was from a D2 so that was my only offer for a while and then I was probably like a week from committing to the D2 um and a guy I knew from New York was just sending my film out to a bunch of D1 schools and the school that I had went to for four years Cal State Fullerton wound up emailing me back uh telling me that they wanted me for an unofficial visit so me and my parents you know paid a flight paid a hotel go out there um because everything's on your dime when it's unofficial. So you pay for everything. So it's kind of like you just go out there and just kind of take the chance. So we went out there, um, wound up playing open gym with them. So just 10 of their guys plus me. And then they wound up offering me within two days after that. So that was a blessing. But before that, it was just real slow. And I was just thinking kind of like, all right, like I just got to grind out the D2 process. like Go there and then just do what I got to do. Either stay there if I really love it or you know, try to put up numbers and transfer, but yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Um, my confidence was low for a little while as well. Like feeling like I was playing well, but not well enough to get those schools to offer me a scholarship. So that was, that was tough for me. I can't even lie. I went through, I was struggling with that mentally, um, but it all, it all worked out how it was supposed to. Kind of like a follow-up question for you. So you said um, you went, 
there with your parents. So how did that mm -hmm. kind of help just having the support of your parents being able to, because it's not like you're going from, you know, New York to Maryland. So having them yeah. pay for all of you all to fly, you know, across country to, you know, put you in hotels, like how would you say that kind of helps you as well? Just having the support of your family to be able to finance those things. A lot of people, you know, they're not in that predicament. It's just more so, okay, if it's, if it's not official or if it's unofficial and it's too far, then they kind of don't have that opportunity anymore. Yeah, I think, I honestly think my whole life I've been super lucky um, to have the help of my, my parents. Um, I've been blessed enough to live in a two-parent home um, and they super support me. So I know I'm very, very, very lucky to have that. And I don't let a day go by without acknowledging that. Um, but yeah, that, it's, it's impossible for this, for to be where I'm at without them, you know, coming out of their pocket and paying that flight, hotel, food, stuff like that. Like it's, it's impossible. Um, but the support meant a lot, honestly, cause that's, I've never, I didn't, I wasn't, a I've never been to California previous to that. So sending me at 17 by myself to go from New York to California, I wouldn't know what to do. So them being there was big for me. And yeah, I think this whole thing is impossible without, you know, them coming out their pocket and taking a chance on me and taking a chance on the university. So it's not possible without them for real. I think one of the best things about just having this podcast and getting to talk to so many different people is like, you could hear so many different stories, but so many parallels. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had the opportunity to have uh, Cameron Taylor on our podcast. You might know he played for Strasbourg mm -hmm. last year in the French League. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played against him. And uh, he was a kid that went Division Two. you know, went to Seton Hill. Mm -hmm. He didn't have any Division D2 one. and killed, too. Killed. Killed, man. D2 and, and killed. Like, he was telling us story on the podcast about how kind of the same situation, man. He's going to open gyms, almost having to, like, try out and play pickup mm -hmm. visits to try to, like, earn his scholarship and – now he's made it to, you know, the ACB where you know, he was playing your league last year. I feel like it's crazy for you, man, to be in a position to where if you look at your career now, people are going to be like, yo, how did this dude not have any Division One offers? Yeah. And, and then you look at your at your, at your college career, freshman year, you averaged five points a game. And then 10, yeah. then you had a crazy leap going to your junior year where you got 19 points per game. Just walk me through, you know, those, that, that, that time period where, you know, throughout your four years, you got better every year. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, by the time you left, you guys were the NCAA tournament team, your top five in school history, mm -hmm. scoring. Just, you know, walk me through those four years, man, and, and developing into the player that you ended up, you know, becoming. Trust me, it was tough because, like, you go from being a man at your high school, right? I'm, so I'm coming in, I'm like, okay, like, I'm playing, like, for sure. So it's kind of like a – it's kind of real humbling. So, like, I played – First couple of times I didn't even play. So first couple of games, first couple of scrimmages, I barely played, right? So that so that's super humbling. Of course, like initially I was just like, why am I here? You know, telling my parents like I want to leave. But um just wound up thugging it out. Um and a couple of people got injured my freshman year. I stepped into a role where like I was playing a little more minutes, like not a big role, but I was playing more minutes. Um and like you said, average five points going into the next year. Um, I was just heavy on just like, okay, like I got to be good at one thing. So my one thing was just getting to the basket, you know, trying to just get fouled, get layups, attack the rim and then shoot open shots. Like just keep it real simple. So that was my main focus going into that year. But from my sophomore to junior, I didn't even go home uh, for that, that summer break. So, you know, I was like a discussion I had to have with like my mom. Obviously she wants to see me coming back, but 
I just felt like people graduated and I was stepping into a role where I could have success and I needed to maximize that. And I just told my mom, like, yeah, like, I'm not coming home. So I spent, obviously, we end the semester probably like May, and I spent from May to August out there. I didn't come home one time, worked out um, with my trainer out there. So it was just, it was really just a grind, a lot of makes per day, um, lifting, just stuff like that. And I credit that, all that work to my jump from my uh, sophomore to junior. And then from there, it was history. I, junior to senior, I didn't go home again. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would just say it's that, it's that summer work and me sacrificing time with family, time with friends at home, um, to just really staying stuck in my craft. Cause I was at one point I was the only one on campus for real, but I just wanted to obviously make that jump. And I knew that the only way I could do it is if I put hella work in. So that was a big thing for me. So I just had to sacrifice that and then just get working. Yeah, so the city ain't see you for two years. Two years, bro. They, 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 so I would come home like Christmas break. I came home, like I would come home for that. Um, but yeah, that, that, that summertime, I was, I, I was, I was out there sand dunes, lifting. And like I give super credit to like the, the, the staff at the school. Like they allowed me to get in the gym. They were there for me anytime I needed to rebound. Like just simply giving me the access to the gym is like, it's, it's huge because they didn't have to because it's a, it's a break. So, like, they didn't have to come and, you know, open the gym and stuff like that. So, I'm super grateful for that as well. But um, even the guy in the weight room, like, the guy I'm lifting with, he didn't have to come on break when no other guys are here and, and help me lift, but he did. So, all that stuff plays a big part, too. So, quick, quick follow-up to that. Like, when you were done with your, your four years, right, and, you know, you're, you're looking mm -hmm. at your pro options, were you a guy that was like, all right, I'm trying to get to the league, you know, was it like, all right, you know, maybe I'll go overseas. You know, obviously your first year you ended up going to Greece. You played summer league with the Raptors. Um, but yeah. like, what was that mindset like? Because I feel like it's it's kind of a, a, a yeah. fine line. You know what I'm saying? So what was mm -hmm. going through your mind when you were trying to weigh your? So at this point, I don't know much. I just know, okay, I'm coming off two crazy years, like two two good years, two very good years, and I have. So my junior, end of my junior year, I have a workout with the Clippers. So I'm like, okay, like, that's cool. And then going in after my senior year, then I have six workouts. So total, I had, I've had seven workouts. And I would say I play well in a lot of them. Um, so at this point, I'm thinking, like, okay, like, I could make some shape. So I wind up getting the Raptors, the Raptors uh, summer league offer. I take it. First couple of practices, I'm playing very well. Like, I'm surprising myself, like, yeah, I'm playing well right now. Um, but humbling experiences like I don't play first couple first couple games I don't play, so I'm like I'm in a I'm in a hotel room in Vegas. My my family's there, so I'm just like damn, like low key embarrassed. Like yeah, I'm really not playing. So at this point, I'm thinking it's NBA for me because I'm from a mid major, but I'm you know I, I I did some good things at my school and I'm getting NBA workouts and a lot of my friends aren't. So I'm like shit, like I think I could make this push. So my it's it's, it's game right now. Like, um, so it winds up just not working out. So now we're talking about overseas stuff and Greece was just the best option. I had two options, Greece and Poland, I want to say. Seems like forever ago, but Greece and Poland, I want to say. And Greece was just the best option for me. And it was the best to springboard my career. So I just thought that was the best one. We talked it over and then obviously went out there for my first year. So being there and having to deal with COVID, 
And, you know, of course, <clears throat> COVID was one thing in America, but then mm -hmm. have to kind of, I guess you could say juggle two unknowns at the same time. You're juggling this sure. unknown increase and then you're also this unknown pandemic. None of us have really, you know, lived through a pandemic before. So how was that just kind of navigating that, still trying to make sure you were in the gym, but then trying to stay mm -hmm. safe? Of course, you don't want to be sick. So I, at first it was normal. Like my first, my first like six months out there was normal. So from, I got out there August and we didn't get sent home until late February, I want to say. So I don't know how many months that is, like five, I guess, something like that. But uh, so those first five, six months were normal. And then I just remember late February, I got back from a break. I, we got a little uh, fever break in February. We came back, probably played like two games. And then we just started hearing about this COVID stuff. Like, you know, kind of like, what is it? But I'm thinking it's just, you know, in America, like something happened in America. And then people started getting sick in Greece, too. Everything's closing down. Restaurants closing down. Games getting canceled. So, of course, my family, like, you know, I don't want, I don't want you stuck over there. So we started talking to the team, kind of trying to figure out, like, okay, how can we get home? Because me being out here is not an option right now. Like, so it was tough because you had to kind of just, like, go from being locked in and just packing it up and going home because of, you know, the virus. So it was tough. And then it's scary, too, because that was at a time where they were saying, like, they weren't allowing international flights. And I'm still in Greece when they're saying this. So it's kind of like it was certain exceptions to it. But at first, I didn't know that. So me and my family thought, like, and yeah, we're going to be stuck out here. Um, so that was a scary part, too. And then you had up until a certain date to get out. So it was just it was a lot. And it was it was pretty nerve wracking. And then, you know, trying to get your trying to get the rest of your paycheck through a whole, you know, pandemic when people worried about themselves and their families was tough as well. Um, but it all worked itself out and, and it was fun. But it was pretty nerve wracking. I can't lie. The next year you go to Latvia, you know, you're playing Champions League or for Riga. Um, and that's like the year, the full COVID season where like, I don't know how it was. Over full there. COVID like, season. No stand, I mean, no, no fans in the stands and like Bro. all the bash. Like, what was that experience like that year? I'll just say like, it was a lot of self-motivation. Like, like, usually you could get going off a crowd, get going off or just like the atmosphere, you kind of get going. Like, but that was just a self-motivation year. Like, the only thing, like, Enrique was, like, at a point, it was, like, a curfew in the city. Like, a lot of people was getting sick. Like, the, the, the cases were rising. So it was, like, for, at a point, like, the curfew was from, like, 6 to 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Like, you're not doing nothing at that time. So it was crazy. Like, grocery stores only open for a couple hours of the day. Like, it was crazy. So that was just a big self-motivation year and a big, like, just grind. Like, no haircut. Like, you no know, retwist, like the little stuff too. It's kind of like, damn, like, so it's just like a full on grind. Like, um, just being able to get in the gym certain times, like, you get tested three, three, four times a week. So you got a little Q tip going up, you know, three, four times a week, still trying to travel, always got the mask on. Um, you know, it, it, it was a lot not being able to go home for 10 months, um, because they're not allowing, they weren't allowing you to go back. So 10 months. Yeah, people can't come out there. You can't go back home. So it was tough. I ain't going to lie. It was, it was tough. But I will say that, like I said, it was just a super self-motivational year. And, like, all my motivation came from, like, okay, like, I know that this is where I want to be next year or, you know, this is what I want to do this summer. Um, So I just had to keep reminding myself of that. And that's what got me through that year. But that year was tough. Like, it was tough. <laughs>
And kind of like fast forwarding a little bit to, you know, now playing in Paris, how has that experience been for you just like on the court? And then I guess going to some of the experiences that you've been able to have off the course, you know, as far as what you're doing, your off days, interactions with teammates, things like that. Um, I think playing out is pretty easy. It's very similar to New York in terms of like the fashion stuff, the diversity, a um, bunch of different cultures. So I think it's super similar to New York. So I like it a lot and it allows me to tap into things I like, fashion and you know, photography, stuff like that. So it allows me to tap into that stuff, which I've met, like you said, off day. So I've gotten to meet a lot of people um, just through like fashion and been blessed to be able to go to like certain events, um, clothing brand releases and certain parties and stuff like that, social events that I've been blessed to be able to go to. So those are things I like to do on my off days and I try to take advantage while I'm out here. Um, but basketball-wise, it's been cool. Um, French League is really athletic. Um, I have some great teammates that are super skilled, but even better people off the court. So um, it's, it's it's really been an easy transition playing here. And it's definitely somewhere where I could play a couple, couple of years. Or even if I was to choose a place to live overseas, I would definitely choose Paris for sure. Would you say it's like some of the coolest things uh, you've been like, or if you have like a memory over the last two years, <clears throat> that, that shit right there was dope. Like, whoop, you got some of the, like his favorite memories mm. that you've been able to do like all off the court since you've been there in Paris. I went to a PSG game. That was crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, that was crazy. Just like that whole atmosphere and seeing like 30, 40,000 people just go bananas in the cold. Like it was like around this time. So it was last year it was freezing cold around the time. Um, so just being able to see 40,000 people like yelling and screaming for 90 minutes um, of a match in freezing cold, just not worried about anything but the people on the court is like, I mean, the people on the field, is, that was that was a top one. Um, okay. I think another one was was the the World Cup just now, like being in France while France was playing. Yeah. That was, a, that was a crazy one. Like I was in a spot with a bunch of people just seeing the emotions of that, like down 2-0 then tied 3-3, then losing in the PKs. Like, so seeing the emotions from a bunch of French people in France with their team playing is like, it's crazy. Um, another one would probably be cliche, but like going to the Eiffel Tower, like for the first time, or like even just like casually driving past it. It's like, damn, like I'm really, you know, I really drive past it like normally now. Like, um, and just like, just like certain like like brand events like there's a couple I've been to but I'll put all of them in the same realm but just being able to go see people clothing brand release like uh releasing early and stuff like that like that'll always be super cool to me and like meeting the people who are behind like putting these clothes out and hearing like their their uh, expression of you know this this is why I put this out this is what this means to me like that kind of stuff will always be cool to me like just being able to hear their perspective on stuff because half the time we we just see it like okay I like this piece but I or I don't like this piece but they'll say like you know I, I put this rip here because or I put this color with this color because and like this means to me so like hearing that side of it makes you appreciate it a thousand times more so I would say those four things are 
like some some moments where I was like, okay, like yeah, it's just I love Paris type. Yeah. Um, so being in New York and you have, you know, fashion is clearly close there too. So would you say, you know, once you got to Paris is when you got to, into fashion or were you already into fashion when you got to New York and then Paris just kind of gave you that opportunity to explore it a little more? No, nah, I was I was always into it. Um, but being here definitely gave me like, it, it, it just broadened it more. Like, you know, you don't see a lot of people wear certain stuff in New York, but then, you know, you come here and you got a little more money in your pocket so you could, you know, try a couple of new things or buy four more things than you could have two years ago. So I would say it's having a little more money in your pocket and also being somewhere that's super diverse. And also the culture, like culture now is like, it's super open to people trying stuff like. So now like you see men wearing things that's on the verge of, you know, women's side of stuff. So like I say that the fashion has super broadened since I've, the last time I've lived in New York. So um, I would just say like, it's just the perspective and like just being able to see a lot of people wear a lot of different stuff. Um, definitely changed my view on 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 fashion and it helped me kind of broaden my broaden my style I, I would say now we definitely gonna, gonna get back into the uh into the fashion man a little <laughs> podcast man but um i want to segue a little bit man into your youtube um because you know first of all why, why we got my guy on here man i gotta say man you definitely got one of the best youtubes i have i have mm, seen appreciate that man Saying, I was Appreciate telling my about this off air, like, yo, like, here's Joe. Am I my lying lectures? I was stepping it. <laughs> I was still Appreciate that, bro. No, bro. Um, I feel like, and the reason why I say that is because I remember. So when you were in Greece, your first year, I was. That's my last year in college. So when the COVID yeah. stuff hit, like, you know, obviously we didn't get to finish our season, we didn't get to finish our conference tournament, and now it's like, all right, I'm trying to go overseas. Um, mm-hmm. all that stuff kind of went down the drain. Like, I ended up. <laughs> Hired an agent that like ended up being a shitty agent. Um, so my yeah, whole- always <laughs> tricky those situations. Hey, tricky, bro. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't really do the research that I felt like I I, I could. It was kind of like a trickle down effect just with COVID and everything shutting down so fast. Trying to choose the agent, my agent wasn't really the right one. So long story short, man, I ended up missing my rookie year um, and being home. And my whole rookie year, I just remember like just trying to find like, damn, like all right, like what what can I expect? You know, like when I get over there, because you know how it is. Like you waiting for a job, it's like, yo, like I got, sure. I, I can get a call tomorrow. I have to, you know, be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Before. So I'm trying to look at YouTube and figure out, damn, like, all right, what am I about to get myself into? And I can remember just thinking to myself, like, damn, like it's not really nothing out here that's that's giving me a gist of like what it's like to live over here, to play over here, like nothing. You know what I'm saying? I always told myself, like, damn, if I ever get into a position to where I can like show people what it's like on a day-to-day basis. Like I would definitely do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the only, actually there was one YouTube that I did come across. I'm gonna give my man his flowers. Uh, his name is EK, EK Udano. He plays for Strasburg now too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's he, my dog. He got a super dope YouTube uh, YouTube series that he was doing. It was called Keezy's Odyssey where he walks through mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of like his years of his career and all that kind of stuff, man. But um, so if y'all listening, man, make sure y'all go check out my boy YouTube, man. Life is good. You know what I'm saying? It's on YouTube right now, man. But sure. I want to ask you, like, what inspired you to start that YouTube series up, man? Because, um, <clears throat> like I said, man, it's very well put together and well executed. So, like, how did you kind of come up with the inspiration to, to start that? It's crazy because, um, like, it wasn't even a goal at first. Like, um, so in the summer, a photographer, a photographer that I met last year in Paris, 
was in LA in the summer. So I went to San Diego for three days. I brought him on a trip. Like, yo, you know, come. I was I was working out at a nice little B&B, stuff like that. So I was like, yo, like, come come uh, shoot the trip. Like, he comes, we wind up getting close, like, my boy. So he comes, we get super close. So now coming back into my second year, I resign. So now I kind of tell him, like, yo, like, let's figure something out to where, like, you know, you come to all the games, you shoot content. But it's just for me. Like, it's just stuff I wanted. Like, I just wanted stuff to, you know, have to post or send to the family or to be able to look back at. Um, it wasn't for, like, YouTube. I just wanted it for myself. So we had figured out, you know, price and stuff like that for him to just come to the game or, like, if I have an event to go to, like, you pull up with me kind of thing and, like, you capture that moment. It was just, like, just to have all these moments, just to document them. Um, so we figured that out and then we kind of just started talking about it like you know the YouTube stuff would be cool like we got uh, got a lot of stuff that you did like that's some cool stuff I kind of sat back and thought about it I was like eh, like I don't really know if I if I want to do it um, and then we talked about it he kind of put an episode together and I was like nah this is crazy like <laughs> this is fire but I also thought about like me and my dad talked about it a little bit and there's not a lot of perspective on like okay this is somebody overseas who like could possibly motivate me like i'll say like the people whose game guards games i like that are overseas like don't have a youtube so i don't i don't know what they do day to day or like what they do on off days and stuff like that like so my dad was just saying like you know you never know it might be a kid who is a fan of kyle Madrina, right and he might want to see that or that might keep him going like so that's what kind of like put me over the top of doing it because I was I, I was I was on a cusp of like doing it, not doing it. And that kind of put me on the top. Like, okay, like this could be something that's obviously bigger than me. Um, so that's that's what got it started, honestly. And it's super organic because it's like I'm not doing anything I don't do on a normal. And he already comes to shoot the content he, and then he just winds up turning it into a really good video. Um, so it's kind of like super organic, and that's why I like it, because he just he comes, he films, it'll be me and my friends or me and a couple people I know just vibing and it's not like, you know, like I said, nothing I don't do, you know, on a regular basis or, you know, being someone I'm not, it's just everything super organic. So it makes it way better. But yeah, initially I I didn't even know if I wanted to do it, didn't want to do it. Um, and it just decided like, you know, it could be way bigger than me. So I might as well, you know, put some stuff out, especially if he's going to make it and, you know, and he's putting out great videos. He's pretty good at what he does. So, He's putting out great videos, and I was just kind of like, "Let's do it." Yeah. Um, based on your response, man, it made me think, man. I, I want to ask you this kind of. I really want to get your, your thoughts on this because I feel like I have <clears throat> as well. But you kind of mentioned how you know a lot of guards they play a position or people who you know play a position or play at this level. I'll say don't really have YouTube. You know what I'm saying? And like, even if you look at like in the NBA, there are a, a few, a handful of NBA players that like are doing the YouTube thing. You know, but it's not a lot. There are a couple guys, like Jordan Poole has his own photographer, and a couple of guys who are getting into, like, having guys create content for them. But, like, this whole thing where players are, like, creating their own media content is, like, a new thing. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't always cool or it wasn't always, like – at one point, it was looked at as, like, a negative. People were like, oh. It wasn't accepted either for yeah, a minute. At all. At right. all. It was like, yo, like, if they, you – They kind of put it as, like, if you do that, you're not locked in. Like, right. you don't like, like basketball. Exactly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I feel like that was honestly one of the things that I struggled with too was like the perception. When I started like making reels and shit like that, I was like, damn, like people gonna look at you more as a, a content creator or as a YouTuber or whatever than a basketball player. 
You know what I'm saying? And that was one of the main mental battles that I had to get over when I first started, even with doing this, like having a podcast and like pr promoting it and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's out of the norm. You know what I'm saying? And like, I feel like players can receive a lot of pushback for that, for uh, not focusing just on basketball or whatever the case may be. And like, obviously you playing at a super high level. Um, we'll get into some of your, you know, your, your number and things like that. But like, you know, I feel like there's enough evidence out there to prove Draymond Green has a podcast, did it all last year, and he just won an NBA championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't take away from your game. So my question to you is, like, did you kind of have that battle in your head where it was like, damn, like, what are people going to think I'm starting my YouTube or, like, you know, it's going to take away from my game? Like, and how did you, if you did, like, how did you kind of get over that um, and just, you know, uh, decide to kind of push through it? Like, I, I ain't think, like, it would take away from my game, but I've always been type where it's like, okay, like, I like to have balance in my life. So like, I'm not the type who like my whole, if we just talk in social media, like my whole Instagram, not just going to be basketball, 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 basketball. Cause I like the dress. I like to go places. Like, so my Instagram will be other stuff. So I've always been heavy on like showing that I'm more than a basketball player or, you know, just putting that on, on, on display. Like, okay, I don't only play basketball. Like it's times where like, I don't repost highlights and stuff like that. Cause I want to post other stuff. Like it's just, I don't always want to post basketball on my page. So I think that kind of fell into the, that category. And the fact that that was already my mindset, it was kind of like an easy transition. Um, but I will say YouTube is a different, YouTube is different than, you know, putting on outfits and taking pictures. Like it's way different. It's a way different perspective. But for me, the whole YouTube thing was kind of like a, I had to like get over it myself. Like, damn, do I really want to do this? Like, is this really what I want to do? I wasn't really thinking like, what will other people think of me? Like kind of thing. Cause, but also, like, I feel like it's just more accepted now. Like, John Morant got a good one. Um, as, a, as a kid on Instagram, I always see, I mean, on YouTube, I always see uh, Phil Kofer. I don't know if you know about him. I always see his stuff. I always see his stuff. Uh, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole does it. It's a kid on the Rockets that does it. Forgot his name. Lindsay, I want to say. Matisse. Yeah, exactly. He has a YouTube. Matisse, Matisse had the YouTube in COVID. Yep. So it's like it, it's been way more like accepted. Yeah. So I just I was just kind of like, you know, it's accepted now, but it just fell right into the realm of like me putting on display that I'm more than, you know, scoring 15 or scoring 12 or five assists or something like it just fell into that. Would you say that since basically, you know, you're just documenting what you would do normally, would you say that kind of helps you be consistent with content? Because I feel like a lot of people, you know, they start, they had this great idea and, you know, they do one or two videos and then it's like, okay, what now? But since you are basically, you know, documenting what you do on a daily basis anyway, would you say that kind of helps you um, on the consistency front? Um. 50% of that, I would say, helps me on the consistency. And I would say the other 50% is the fact that me and the guy have a genuine relationship. Like, that's actually my boy. So, like, half the time he's there, I would probably tell him to pull up anyway. Like, and, like, I, he, he's come places with me with no camera. Like, just pull up vibe. So, it's kind of like, it's not just like a business. Come record. It's kind of like, that's my boy. We, we talk, a couple group chats. Like, so... 50% is, yeah, it does help, you know, stay consistent. Um, but then the other 50, like I said, is the fact that we actually have a genuine relationship. And that's my boy. He's cool with, like, you know, some some of my other friends, too. So it's, like, the mutual friend aspect. Um, so, yeah, I would say 50-50 of that. Um, 
I feel like you mentioned, man, like, you, I mean, we all just rattled off a bunch of players uh, who have YouTube. And I feel like even now in today's day and age, people aren't really watching TV as much. Everybody's watching YouTube or Netflix or Hulu. Mm -hmm. So just like a real opportunity to kind of do something with YouTube and monetize as well. Um, so for you, like, what are your plans, like, with the YouTube going forward? Obviously, you've gotten off to a great start. Uh, I feel like the response has been great to the videos. Like, is this something that you want to kind of continue doing going forward? Like, you know, is it like, what do you, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I don't, I haven't even really like mapped out like, okay, I want to get to this many subscribers by this time. Like I, I just kind of just been like, just been doing it, bro. Like I kind of like put it up and I look at it a little bit like, um, and then circle back to it. And then, okay, I got this many views. Okay. 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 But I think the biggest thing for me is just kind of like, like, just keep being somebody like, like the feedback I've gotten is like, yo, like this is motivating. Like, yo, like, you know, keep putting this out. Like I like to see stuff like that. So it's like, okay, like if I could be a motivation to people, even if I get a hundred views, like if I could motivate a hundred people, like that's good enough for me. Um, and like I said, just keep doing stuff that I would normally do and, you know, keep documenting it, but I don't have a real end goal, but I think, I think good things will come from it. Um, eventually like having different opportunities outside of basketball that will come from people seeing the YouTube or people seeing like, you know, personality and stuff like that. Like the fact that I like fashion, like jewelry, like stuff like that. People seeing that, it's like, okay, like I think a bunch of different opportunities have come from it, but I just don't have anything set in stone in my head that I've set as like a goal for the whole YouTube thing. That's that's dope, man. Well, like I said, man, if y'all tuning into this, as somebody who's watched it myself, um, I would definitely recommend y'all go tune in, man. If you want to, you know, get a, a look into, you know, what life is like, you know, for overseas basketball player <clears throat> on the court, off the court, man, everything in between, man. Life is good, man. Go check that out. Um, but I want to kind of segue a little bit, man, because also um, I had an opportunity to watch you this summer uh, when you were playing summer league with the Miami Heat. Um, mm -hmm. And this is before I even knew you were re-signing in Paris. I was like, dang, yo, like, bro's out here hooping, like, for real. Like, mm -hmm. you were doing your thing out there. So um, this summer, like, was there ever a thought, like, damn, like, you know, maybe I can get an NBA another chance. Like, what was that decision process like for you? Because, again, it wasn't like, you know, your first year you talked about you were with the Raptors. You know, you didn't really get out yeah. to play. Like, this summer you was in the field and you was hooping. You know what I'm saying? Like, and your name was actually buzzing a lot as far as, like, all right, like, is, are the Heat going to try to keep him around or training camp or whatever? So, this time around, like, what was that thought process like, you know, as far as, like, am I going to try to get this NBA thing a shot or am I just going to go back overseas? Um, At one point I was like, all right, like, this could really be a reality right now. Like, um, so we, we, we had two different summer leagues. We had one in San Francisco and then we had one in Vegas. So I was playing well in the San Fran one, but I, I, I just couldn't, like, I wasn't making shots. So I'm like, okay, but I was still getting like 10 assists, playing defense, like stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. First game in Vegas, I don't play well either. So like, I just didn't play well. But then after that, it was just like on the up. Like we, I think we played the Hawks. Then I play well played the Raptors, play well, and then I played the Clippers, play well. So I had three straight where I was like, okay, like, now now I'm making shots, still diamond a little bit. So that's when I started feeling like, okay, like, this could be an opportunity. But um, they had, unfortunately, they gave it two ways to other people, which, you know, it's part of business, whatever. But that was definitely the time where I felt like, okay, like, this could be a time where, you know, I crossed that line of, like, Going from an overseas guy to okay, now I'm making that NBA push. 
So this time I did feel like that um, didn't happen. And then Paris became Euro Cup. So then we just kind of like negotiated and we figured we figured that stuff out. So over the time period of you playing um, during summer league, what would you say were kind of like your highlights as far as like, you know, of course there's, you know, the big players that come and watch, there's different people that you meet. Um, I know Cam Taylor, he was saying he ran into some people in the elevator, just that overall, you know, experience. But I feel like a lot of people, they are more so focused on NBA regular season and they forget how much fun is in summer league. Of course, you know, you want to play well because it could eventually be a segue and your way to get into the NBA. But, you know, to me, I look at summer league as fun. You know, people, it's kind of like the off season, people are working out. They're still sure. trying to, everybody's trying to basically get their shot. It's not as intense as, you know, the regular season. So how would you say your interactions with other people um, were while you were there? Um, it was cool. I got to meet Alonzo Morning, Udonis Haslam. So that was cool. Um, one of my boys that played, that I played against, uh, he went to Santa Barbara, so we both mid-major boys, and he got signed with the Heat last year, so he was on the bench watching as I was playing, so that was a cool moment for me, too. It was kind of like, you know, we both, you know, from mid-majors, like, we're not really supposed to be here kind of thing, and he signed, and I was feeling like I was close to signing, so that was a cool moment. Um, I seen CJ McCollum in the elevator. That's my favorite player, so that was cool. I didn't say what's up, though, but I just saw him. I was like, damn, that's fire. Um, why do y'all act too cool for school and not say hi? Why do y'all do that? Nah, it's not It's not even too cool. It's just like, <laughs> I, I come from a standpoint where it's like, I know that he, he probably get in the elevator every single day and get bombarded every single day. So it's kind of like, just leave him alone. Like, like I, I acknowledge, like, okay, this CJ McCone, like, that's, this is fire. But I'm not going to be like, hey, what's up, man? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you feel like it comes across as like, but I mean, I feel like too, I don't know, just something my dad always taught me, like when you're meeting people that are accomplished and famous, like, yeah, it's cool to meet them. But like, he always told me like, they're meeting you too. Like they're meeting young talent so they can say, you know, later on, like, hey, they ran into you in the elevator. So just a different perspective, you know, take it or leave it. But yeah, like- That's a good perspective, I can't lie. Yeah, that's good sometimes like, sure. like he, <laughs> yeah, especially like with me, like, you know, going to these different events for the first time and, you know, going to different games and stuff like that. He's like, you know, yeah, you might get caught up in meeting these people, but later down the road, they can say that they met you, you know, before mm -hmm. you really got into your prime and stuff like that. So just perspective. That's, that's hard, I ain't gonna lie, that's hard. I just ain't wanna be like, I, I just know how it be, so I just kind of, like, like, another thing I seen Dame in the mall, like, we in the same store, right, like, him and his boy, like, they just trying to shop and be in peace, so I'm not going to be in the same like spot in the store, and I'm not going to be like, yo, Dame, what up? Like, I just let him be with his homeboy, because I, I know if I'm in that position, and, like, it's me and my boy, and we just in Dior shopping, like, trying to, you know, find a shoe we like or a shirt or whatever, like, do I... Do I want to be talking to a random person? Probably not. Do I want to take a random picture? Probably not. So that's just that'd be in my head. Like I just you know, leave him alone, let him shop. It's probably his only time where he could be away from you know people in the gym or whatever. So that'd be my mindset on it. Like, kind of is it kind of one of those things where like you don't want to like they're kind of just in that mode of just being regular, like a regular person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't want to take that away from them in a way. Yeah. So like, okay. so I think like all day you and Thomas and Mac. Getting, but you can't go nowhere without people. Dang, dang, dang. CJ, CJ, CJ. So, right. So, like, it's kind of like now you in the store with your boy, like, which I'm heavy on that too, because I just, I really just be with my people. So, just I'm, I'm in a store with my, with my, with my mom and my boy. Like, 
now if I was if I was him and I was in the store with my mom and my boy, would I want people coming up to me? Like yeah. they, 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 like the the employees are already like asking to take pictures with him and having him sign the receipt and shit like that. So I was just like, oh, I don't want to add to that. Like, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know. That, that was my mindset on it. But you did just give me a different perspective. I like that. I, ain't gonna lie. I like that. I like that. Um, I feel like you kind of gave me a perfect segue into my next question, uh, talking about just, you know, you and your boyfriend, Heat, you know, mid-major guys, you know, <clears throat> their story is unconventional, man. We've talked about it, you know, here already, just not having no D1 offers to averaging five as a freshman to, you know, obviously working your way up to now you're playing Euro Cup, you know, and NBA Summer League and on the cusp of, like, you know, making the league. What advice would you give to other guys that are at a mid-major school or maybe their recruitment isn't really taking off like how they expect it to be um, in order to get to where you are? Super simple, but I would just say just, like, really, like, stay in the gym and, like, put all your trust in your grind, like, because that's the only thing that gave me confidence to – do the things, do some of the things that I do on the court, like, and it gave me confidence through a time where, like, I was low mentally, like, that kind of boosted my confidence, like, okay, I'm going up a game where I didn't play, like, I'm definitely working out that night, like, I got to feel good about something, right, like, so that was kind of, like, my mindset, so I feel like I would put it all to just, like, staying in the gym, working out, like, working out more than you would normally work out because you're not playing, so, and just, and it just, like, keeps you sane mentally, like, being in the gym, making 200 shots when you didn't play, like, instead of going home pouting all day, talking shit on the phone, you might as well, like, get some work in, feel a little better about yourself. So it's kind of, like, it just helped my mental. So I would just say, cliche, but stay in the gym for real. What would you say are some things that people don't really know about playing overseas? Like a lot of people know they're playing in college and they're <clears throat> okay, NBA, NBA, must get to the NBA. If I don't get to the NBA, then I'm just not that. So like, what are some things that you feel like people don't know about playing overseas that you might maybe, you know, I guess you could put it in perspective of if you're talking to someone that's, you know, in their senior year of college trying to figure out, okay, am I going to go pro? Am I going to try to do this NBA tenure? Like some things that you would offer up to them for them to consider when they're making that decision. One, like I would just tell people to realize how cutthroat it is. Like people get cut every day, right? So like a lot of people would just be like, yeah, if the NBA stuff don't work, I'm going to just go overseas. But like it really don't be that simple. So, like, realizing, like, how cutthroat it is, and I will also say, like, doing your own research on, like, the city, the country, like, just so you can see, like, okay, like, you know, this is the stuff I could do on an off day. Like, just just seeing if it's somewhere where that you would, you know, do well in. Because, like, there's certain cities where I know I wouldn't have a good time, right? Like, my mentor wouldn't be there in certain cities. Um, So just, like, doing your research on that. And I would just say, like, just asking around, like, not being too proud to, like, ask people that are older than you. Like, I asked a ton of questions to, like, a couple big bros, like, a ton of them. Like, to the point where I might have been annoying, but at least I was educated on stuff. So I would say not being too prideful to ask questions and, like, doing your research, but really being, like, really realizing, like, okay, like, this is cutthroat. Like, people get cut legit every day, and it's another person waiting for your spot, and they'll be there, you know, 24 hours after you get cut type of thing. So... It's just like those two things, I would say. Um, so, I mean, now, like you said, man, Paris basket, y'all playing Euro Cup. And uh, you're not just out there, you know, getting cardio, man. You're out there getting it in, you know, averaging about 19 points per game. Yeah, I'm trying, man. <laughs> um, 
who do you think, you know, has allowed you to you know, play at that level? Because last year you guys were kind of fighting just to stay in the in the French league. You know what I'm saying? Man. You guys are yeah, like yeah, that was crazy. playing, you know, second, you know, the second best league, you know, in Europe. And and you guys are doing pretty well. You're actually playing well. So um, what do you think just kind of where ended you being able to perform at that level, Um, you know, in this kind of first time, you know, playing that situation? I think it's, once again, like I had a, I had a good summer. And I think that confidence, like, was able to help me go on this year. Like, this is my first year stepping into, like, playing point guard. Like, not not a two that brings the ball up sometimes. But, like, I'm the one, right? So, like, my confidence is super high because I put in a lot of work this summer and I had a solid summer. So, I feel like it just, it's really my confidence. Like, it's just – it's high for real. And I feel like no matter what, like, that's a big reason why I'm playing well right now is because I don't think anybody can take my confidence right now, like, and I'm just looking at it like, okay, like, I don't think a lot of people I play against had a better summer than me. And I just be looking at it like that, like, and I still put work in, like, in season. Um, so I just, it, it really is just confidence in me, like, just coming into the game, like, okay, like, I don't think my matchup is better than this. Like, so it's just, it'd be that simple to me. Like, Love that talk, man. Love that talk. Um, I got to ask you, man, I think, uh, <laughs> I think based on what you said, you know, I, I saw the YouTube, you know what I'm saying? So we saw the matchup with Mike James. And uh, obviously Mike James, super crazy, um, I guess, for guys okay. looking at overseas guys. It's like, obviously came from a mid-major as well. Worked his way up through the He the, he the blueprint, for real. Like, literally. Literally. Major, they get to off the low. Now he, feel me? So he's really the blueprint, for real. Fact. For so what was that matchup like for you, man? Going Obviously, you, you played against him last year as well. But, you know, um, you know this year, obviously – like I said, with, with your confidence the way it is coming into the, you know, based on the, the summer you had, now you come into the matchup with Mike James. Like, uh, what was that that matchup like for you? Uh, it was cool. It was, like, surreal, too, because it's somebody I watch often. Like, even when I'm just watching EuroLeague or, like, looking at film, like, he's somebody I watch. So, going into the matchup, it's like, okay, like, it's a good, I would say, measuring stick, really. Like, okay, let's see where I'm at to, in comparison to somebody who whose game I look up to, kind of. So, it was cool for me. We like he got he won, but uh, we both played well. It was a, like great, great, great game. Um, wind up losing by two, but I would just say it was kind of like a measuring stick for me. Like okay, like you know, let's see, let's see how he leads his team. Like even and I was still stealing stuff too. Like okay, like I seen he did, you know, something like this. Like putting that in my back pocket. Like okay, like let me see, let me let me work on that. Like certain things he did that that I think could apply to my game, and it was kind of like all right, let's see put that in my back pocket, work on it a little bit. And, um, but yeah, like being able to see him up close was, was fire. And I think once again, it was a good measuring stick for me. Like, okay, like, you know, he had this, but I also played well too. So it's like, you know, that kind of just gives me a little more confidence than I had before. Like, cause like, shit, we both play well. Um, and I'm sure he respected us just as much as we respected their team. So, um, it was, that's what was fun. So kind of going back to the fashion we were kind of talking about earlier, um, usually we try to discuss with guest fashion just because, you know, a lot of times people are just seeing, you know, what you're doing on the court, you know, interaction, stuff like that. But there's so many different layers of you all, you know, as people. Um, so usually we call it mismatch or match, you know, clearly playing words. I thought it was clever, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so just uh, have you ever been to a Paris fashion week before or? I've been, yeah, I've been to one of them. Okay, so how was that 
for you kind of like okay being in New York you know playing in high school and then now you're like okay you're at this fashion show in Paris it was cool it was different like you know sometimes they wear some little weird stuff so it was cool kind of just seeing like the variety of things like from you know okay it's pretty normal to okay it's kind of unique and then it goes to like a little bizarre so like I would say like it was, it was cool to just like you know see a bunch of that stuff I'd say what were some of the things that you were like, mm, I would have maybe, you know, kept that one in the drafts or not really, you know, worn it yourself? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes they just be like weird jackets and crop shirts and weird hair styles sometimes. I don't know. Sunglasses be a little funny sometimes. So it's just certain things that's like too much for me. But I can see it being cool for like people who like really, 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 really into it. So. But yeah, some some of the stuff is just too much for me. So when you go to these different events, as far as you know, because of course you want to dress the part too. So what are some of the things that kind of go into your head when you're putting together your outfit? When you know, because you know how it's different when, of course, you have your own unique style, and there's certain things that you put into an outfit just when you're going anywhere, because that's just you. But you know, when you're going to certain events, and you know that there's other like-minded fashion you know you might put a little bit more emphasis on certain things so what's your mindset going into styling yourself when you're going to these events um so like i would try to wear a pizza to brand so like if i'm going to something of kenzo like okay let me throw on like a kenzo crew like i i did that the other week or if i went to like one of their uh like little social events um for their new collection so i threw on like one of the sweaters that that i got from them um so like just trying to have on like a piece of whatever brand it is like try to have on something of it and then just kind of mixing my own stuff too but it definitely is more emphasis like it's not just a normal day you know going to eat like you put a little more emphasis and put a little more thought into what you're going to wear for sure so since you're into fashion do you kind of network when you're there or you more so go enjoy the show enjoy the scene and you just kind of leave like or is it more so because I know when you're into stuff like that just like when it's basketball you want to be around other people that enjoy basketball of course not one-dimensional and just play basketball there are other they'd like to do other things like so when you go to these events do you network with people or is it more show okay I showed up watched the show now I'm ready to leave no nah, net network for sure so like I I know a girl out here that's a stylist um so I also meet a lot of people through her and um she also helps me uh meet people from these brands as well like she's brought me to a ton of stuff to where like she's put me in position to meet a lot of people so super good for her by the way but um I definitely go there and network and um I think it works in my favor because you just you know you meet people and I hit you up like yo come to this come to that so now it just like kind of like broadens the people that you know and it broadens the events you go to and it just gives you a bunch of bunch more opportunities than you had previous to meeting these people half the time like they'll be excited to meet you anyway when they find out that you play basketball out here um so it usually helps in your favor anyway because they're excited to meet the basketball player and then we want to network so it kind of just like two-way street get tickets to a game one time like half the time would be their first basketball game too so uh, I think it's kind of like a cool like cool trade way to meet them and, and network yeah cool trade-off was uh was this person was it was it Bass from the YouTube? Was that the person you were talking about? Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out Bass, man. Shout out Bass, man. She seemed like she was a dope, a dope person. Um, cool as hell, yeah. That's that's my dog. 
Facts, facts. Um, so I remember uh you you were like you it seemed like you you worked with a stylist for that uh for the event you went to, right? I remember they brought in the rack, mm-hmm. trying on a bunch of clothes, like um we asked a bunch of guys on here about this this their take on stylist. We asked Terrence Mann about his take on it. Last week we had Justin Robinson on, we asked him about it. What's your take on, on stylist? I just played Justin Robinson yesterday. Bro, we're talking about okay, you're talking about Justin Robinson, uh, the short one, the point guard that went to Mammoth. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're not talking about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, but I played against him in college because he went to Mammoth and I was at Quinnipiac, so I know him too. Ah, uh, yep, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just played him yesterday. Yeah, that's is that crazy. the Justin Robinson you're talking about? Yeah, it's another one. He's he uh he he's from Maryland or he's from Virginia, but he's from the DMV area. Uh, went to Virginia Tech. Left hand dude, uh, point guard. Oh, play with the Wizards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we, we were talking him about the whole stylist thing uh, last week, but you know, for you, like, what's your take on it? Obviously, I, you, you did have the stylist in the uh, the band. Do you think, like, what, what are some of the benefits of having a stylist as far as like, you know, um, what, what like what can they do for you? We're already talking about the networking stuff, how they're introducing you, different people, designers, things like that. But for you, um, what do you think are some of the benefits of of working with a stylist as a professional athlete? I mean, like, I don't. That was like the only time I've, I've done it, honestly. And it was because um, the show we were going to, the brand wanted me to wear things of theirs. So it was kind of like I had a bunch of options from that brand. But normally I wouldn't. Um, yeah, yeah, normally I wouldn't. I kind of like like the satisfaction of like figuring it out myself. Um, like shopping for myself, stuff like that. I think it's like satisfactory to me. But I think some people it's like, some people might not have the time for it. And I think, a stylist could like lay everything out, you know, okay, here's something I think you would like. Here's five jackets you might like. Here's five jeans you might like. A bunch of shoes you might like that might go with this, this, this. So it really just, I feel like it just laid out for you. Makes It just makes your job easier when you have somebody just shopping for you and bringing it to your crib. Um, but yeah, I kind of like that satisfaction, like putting it together myself, shopping myself. So I don't really think I would tap into the stylist thing like that, but like it was different circumstances there just because I had to wear something for the brand, but I don't really think I, I would, but more power to the people that to that, that do it because I understand, like, it makes your life a ton easier um, when somebody can lay everything out for you. So when it comes to, like, finding a certain piece that you want or, like, you know, let's say you might see something <clears throat> on Instagram or you just might see a piece out, even, like, just walking in Paris, how do you go about, like, sourcing a piece or, you know, finding finding items that you might want? Um, like, how do I contact people to, like, hold it for me or, like, find where I can get it from and stuff like that? Yeah, I guess, like, or, like, let's say, um, I don't know, like, you just saw, like, a jacket or something, and now it's like, okay, I got to go in grind mode. I got to try to research, you know, what brand it is, how I can get it. Like, how do you mm-hmm. go? Oh, okay, I understand, I understand. Yeah. Um, I just, like, I know, I'm just lucky, I'm lucky to know a couple people who could point me, always point me in the right direction, or there's a star out here named Kiss. Like, I know a couple people there that, like, I know if something drops there, like I can have access to it. Um, mm-hmm. I could just like, yo, can you hold this for me? Or I know that they know where I can get it from as well. So it's like just having the right contacts, I would say, like being lucky enough to be in contact with the right people who could point me in the direction of uh, a jacket I see or some shoes that I want or some jeans that I might want, like something like that, like just point me in the right direction of that. But also just kind of like taking stuff from people on Instagram. And, you know, a lot of people post the page that they got the stuff from or, the, or, the, or tag the brand. So go to the website, see if I like something um, and just kind of go from there. So 
I would say through Instagram really and just knowing the right people out here, I would say it puts me in the right direction to make that research a little bit easier. Now, do you feel like being in Paris puts a little bit more pressure on you to like put a fit on, like whether you're going to a party or an event or like coming to the game, like the little tunnel walks? Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like you have it's like, all right, man, I can't just come outside like a bummy or like you, like, man, I don't really care. I'm gonna just yeah, come. sometimes. Like, you know what I'm saying? How Some, you- sometimes. So I, I think it makes me, it makes me put a fit on. Cause like normally I like I like putting fits on. So like it's something I would do anyway, but I think it makes me put a fit on more than I more than I would. Right? Like just being out here is like but even being out here is like certain spots you can't go to with sweats. Like even if it's like a calm, low key hookah line, it's like look at you funny if you got sweats, like you might not get in. So that that makes you put some pants on. Um so yeah, yeah, I would say being out here definitely makes me put on a fit more than I usually would. But either way, I would like I would put on outfits either way, but it just it just gives me more of a reason to do it being out here. That's dope. That's dope. Um, I feel like you know, I think that's that's a good uh a good a good segue for the uh for the fashion stuff. Do you have any more fashion questions, Alexis? No, I'm through. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, man. Last question, man. Um, you know, last thing I wanted to ask you was, what I'd like to do a statement, kind of play on the name of the show, "What's in Your Bag," but. Talk about a time that took you out your bag or uh, what was the time that you feel like really tested you mentally or something that you really had to, to persevere through? Um, and that could be kind of in your professional, <clears throat> that could be kind of in your upbringing, but um, I want to kind of talk to you know the people about just, um, just persevering through times that are hard, man. Cause like I said, sometimes some people can't get you out your bag, man. And, and certain man. situations right. you to act out of character, you know what I'm saying? So, if you can remember a time where you know you feel like you were kind of tested in that way, um, you know what was it, and how'd you kind of get 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 past it? We talked about it, but the COVID year, like that COVID year was it was crazy. And like obviously yeah, everybody goes Instagram about that. I think I saw the post on your Instagram. You were like, "Man, this is one of the toughest yeah. years of my life." I seen that joint. I was one like, of "The toughest, right?" So like it's just crazy. Like looking back on it now, it's like we wound up winning a championship. Like it was cool. It ended ended well, but. It's like everybody goes through a slump. Every year you're going to go through a slump at some point, some longer than others. But I went through a shooting slump there, um, like a shooting and free throw slump. I just could not make a shot or a free throw. Like, but it's like it's harder when you're in COVID and, like, you know, sometimes, like, your boys come out and you kind of get rejuvenated or, like, you see, like, I don't know, you get a home-cooked meal maybe and, like, you get, like, it was just tough. Like, it was just hard. Like, so I was in it for a while and I think, like, you know, getting working was hard sometimes because, like I said, like, curfew, the curfew stuff, so it's not like a normal place where, okay, maybe you can go back at night. Like, it's close. Like, nothing to do. you just in a crib. Like, so it's times where, like, I felt like I'm not getting better right now. Like, I'm like, all I'm doing is going home and playing Call of Duty the rest of the night. Like, and I just kind of, was, it was it was tough, bro. Like, things just closed. Like, you can't feel good in terms of, like, you know, going to a little spot after a game, like, maybe, like, get some hookah and some food, like, that was tough because a lot of stuff was closed, and we wound up finding the spot, but for a while, it was, like, stuff was closed. So, um, just, like, going somewhere in your off day and sitting in a restaurant was tough because you can't do that, so it's just, like, you really just in the crib, like, by yourself, like, no family, so, like, you just got you in the game for real. So, it was just, it, it was tough. I'll say that year was super tough for me especially when I was going through that, that, that shooting slump. But then you just go through that slump of like, 
want to see your family. You miss Thanksgiving. You miss Christmas, mom's birthday, dad's birthday, um, Father's Day, Mother's Day. Like, you miss all that. So I was like, damn. Like, but it, it ended well. Got a championship. Um, met some people that I'm going to be friends with the rest of my life. So that was that was a good takeaway of it. But I will say that that year was, like, super mentally, mentally tough. Um but it definitely made me the person I am today because now I just feel like nothing could nothing could get to me like and nothing could really affect me even like going through a shooting slump like that can't affect because I've been through a shooting slump and COVID like motherfuckers getting sick and can't see your family and on top of all that stuff so now it's kind of just like I feel like that made me a bigger person for sure. Bro I ain't gonna lie to you bro this this is real shit like I feel like right now, like right now, probably in one of the worst shooting slumps I've ever experienced in my entire career, bro. Like no cap. But before yesterday, before yesterday, I don't think I made, I did not make a three for like four weeks. Bro, I lied to you not, bro. The first 10 games of the season out here, I was shooting 52% from three. Like I'm talking about I was on a crazy burner, bro. Like I'm making like three or four a game. Dog, mm. next 10 games after that, I lied to you not, bro. I'm like five for like, 34 or some something crazy. I feel you. I'm like, if bro, you look, bro, this is the worst I felt from three. Dog, it's crazy. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. crazy. And I'm, I feel like I'm sitting here to myself. I'm, I'm thanking God that we're on this break right now. Like, we got two weeks off. Cause I feel like as a Hooper, it's like you mm-hmm. try everything, bro. You try everything. Like, all right, I'm about to try to like meditate before the game. Damn, that don't work. All right. I'm about to try to change that my pregame playlist. I was listening to mm-hmm. Turn Me Up, some Dirk and Baby. Oh, I'm about to throw some R&B. I'm listening to her. Mm-hmm. Mariah, the sciences for the game. I'm like, damn, that ain't work. Let me try to you legit try everything. everything. <laughs> it's like, bro, I don't funny, know. Man. It's like I, I I can't shake it. So I'm 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 hoping that this two this two week reset will help me out, man. But just like. What are some things that kind of help you get out them slumps, man? When you're in those times, it's like, damn, like I I can't buy a bucket. Bro, for me, it's like, for me, like it was just, it was really just, like I was just missing open threes and shots I always make. Like I was just missing, and for me, it was just kind of like, just like having that confidence. Like I had a couple games, like like it's it's just been a it's been a shaky shooting month for me, but I had a couple games like. We played a Euro Cup game. I had two points going into halftime. And we were down to a team like we're supposed like it's a big game for us because we want to win the game and like just take it to like second place. Um I end the game with like twenty. Come out the third quarter, score like twelve straight third quarter. So I, I would say like it's just like the confidence piece, like like being able to like, okay, yeah, I'm over over eight right now, but I'm gonna still shoot this snatch back three, like, cause I I work on it and it's it's open, like, I'm gonna shoot it, cause like I know it got it got to drop and at some point it got to drop. So like for me that's what it was like, and even yesterday like, yesterday we had a game we wound up winning, but I had five points going into the fourth quarter, and it was 22, like I'm just gonna keep shooting these shots and I know like, I'm just super confident and I know like bro, it got to drop. Like I can't miss all these shit. Like so that'd be that that'd be my mindset for real. Um just like they they have to drop for me, like there's no way. Um and just again in the gym a little extra, like shooting shooting a fifty extra more shots than I usually would if I was feeling good. Like so ten extra minutes in a workout 
rather than you know going twenty five and I go go thirty five, like, or rather going thirty and go a quick a little forty. So I would say just like working out a little more than usual and just having like that super confidence in the game still, like even if you missed ten in a row, like coming out shooting at eleventh, like in the fourth quarter too, like even if it's a big shot, like I'm I'm gonna shoot it. Like that's just how much I'd be trusting myself and like how much I trust the work that I put in and like the time that I put into this shit. Like that's just how much faith I got in it for real. That's real spill, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's real spill, man. I'm hoping that going into this new year, uh, it, it, yeah, nah, I, okay. time to turn, man, because man, frying my mental right now, frying my mental. Bro. Oh, dude. I would, I, I would even say like, you don't really even gotta like change that. Like, I still listen to the same songs before, same pregame warm up, like same. I do the same stuff, but like, I would just say like, for me, it's like, all right, like, for me, it's like once I make one, I'm going. Like I'm kind of like a microwave, right? So like me just thinking like, okay, how can I get an easy basket? So like whether that be getting the shit off the rebound and just running full speed and trying to make a move and score, like, or I, when I get it, if, if I'm open, still shoot. Whether I, no matter if I'm over six right now, like still shoot. Um, So just having like the mindset is like, all right, like let me get one and then I'm going to get going. Like it could be a free throw for all I care, but like, I just using something as like something as like that spark to like get you going is like my biggest thing. Like even it could be an assist. Like yesterday I had an assist. I threw my, my big alive, it kind of got me going. Like one hand live, he dunked it and one. That kind of got me going a little bit. I'm like, all right, next play down, wanted to be in a bucket hit, and then I was going from there. But I would definitely just say like it's like find something that could just spark you real quick. And then from there I feel like you'll be Gucci. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Cause like I said, I'm gonna definitely try to put that into effect this next game. Cause yeah. whew, Lord knows I, that. I, I feel, I feel you though. Like I feel you though. Man, I feel, I feel you on that. Cause I'm not shooting. <laughs> I'm not shooting well this last month either. Nah, like, at all. So hey, I feel you. The tie gonna turn for both of us, man. I, I, I also gotta give okay. you. You had some fire music on the uh, YouTube too, man. You had the Mariah the Scientist on there. The man, kid. I had had to throw that you on. Go, there, what you know about that, man? What you know about that? She, she's so tough. I had to throw her on there. I probably <laughs> listen to that song every day. Bro, I like uh, from that EP. I like Only Human. My favorite song on that EP. Only Only Human is, is my second favorite song. Yeah, so that is fire. I ain't gonna lie. You the one. I gotta try to get her. I gotta try to see her uh, in concert this summer if I go home, man. Cause she the one. So, sure. so. She's definitely, she's definitely it. I ain't gonna lie. Okay. She's definitely it. Okay, man. Shoot, man. Um, keep going here all day, man. Rapping, man. This has been dope, dope time, man. Um, the very last question I had. Yes. I was, I was already, I was getting there. I was getting there. I was getting there. I had to, I had to, go I had to get the dramatic effect. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the very last question I got for you, man. Probably who let you go. Um. Who is somebody that you think we should have on here next, man? Um, and that could be like a, a basketball player. Oh, that's a good ass uh, we, we got some all the smoke, you know what I'm saying? So whoever you say, you got to help us get them on here. But I say we PJ can't name drop. We got a name drop and then assist with the with the appearance. Be a PG. PJ Short. PJ Short. PJ Short. Or Chima Maneke. Mm, he plays for the uh, Thought the King now, right? He plays for, yeah, yeah, Kings. Two way, okay. I believe, and uh, I would say TJ Shorts because they both, because they both made major boys. I played against my college, and it's crazy to see like they both have it. 
success like Chima. Then Major Boys went through some stuff in college, started uh, his pro career, uh, Pro B in France, second division, uh, France. And then I want to say he played second division twice. Then he went Pro A. Then he went to Spanish ACB League. And then he went to the NBA. TJ um, killed in college. Me and him went out of every single year. Um, then he started his career. And where did he start? I want to say, damn, I can't think where he started at. But then I know he he had good time in Germany. Now he's playing Champions League, cooking. Like definitely, definitely. I I, I think it's guaranteed he's getting champ. He's getting a MVP at the Champions League. Um, but like for him, like he five ten, like just scored thirty eight last game. Like he could be a little guard motivation for a lot of people too. So uh, mid major and little guard motivation on here. So I would say either TJ Shorts or Chima. Chima undersized undersized four. Um, so he could be motivation too, because one mid major and somebody who started off pro B, second division. You know, you go mid major and you start off second division. You're not supposed to be in that year. Thanks. Thanks. He got he got Champions League MVP last year. Mm. So like they got some they they got some stories. Chima started off. They both JUCO boys too. Mm. Hot thickens. So yeah. I, <laughs> I say I I say that, and I mess around with a lot because I I look you want to hear what they got to say too. Even though I know a lot, I still want I would want to hear it, and I would want other people to hear it as well. Yeah, for sure, bro. Like I said, we are gonna connect after this, man. And um, like I said, we can definitely stay in touch, man. We see if we can get that get that done. Um, but this has been a dope episode, man. Dope conversation, man. I definitely want to just say thank you to you for mm-hmm. taking the time out on your off day to come out here and chop it up with us for over an hour, man. Um, you know, definitely there's a lot of things that that you could be doing, so. Definitely want to just first of all say thank you for coming on, man. And number two, um, you know, just thank you for sharing your story, man. Uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of people out here who are definitely gonna benefit from hearing it. And you know, best of luck sure. to you out there in Paris, man. Like I said, I know you're gonna keep keep doing your thing out there, keep getting busy. I'm definitely gonna be tuned in. Um exactly, like yeah. I said, we're definitely uh gonna keep in touch, man. And uh I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you know the rest of your uh, season. And like I said, maybe maybe we'll cross paths one one day out here in Japan. Mm-hmm. You never know. No, Cap. No, I appreciate y'all for having me, too. It's been cool. It's been a pleasure, too. So, appreciate y'all. No doubt. No doubt, man. Uh, Guys, this has been another episode of the What's In Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. Make sure you guys are liking this podcast, subscribing to this podcast, giving us a five-star rating. It goes a very, very long way, guys. Tell a friend to tell a friend, man. We're getting, you know, dope guests on this show, man. So, I think there's definitely somebody out here in the world that could benefit. So, uh, make sure you guys are sharing this whenever you're hearing it. And, uh, That's all, folks. Happy New Year's. We'll catch you guys on the next one, y'all. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.